I'm sure that you've thought from time to time how your attitude has affected your life, has affected your mood. So let's think about how our words and our thoughts and what we believe truly form our life. So if we speak positively and if we believe for positive things in our life, it seems to me that we're moving in the right direction. Now, if you really haven't given a lot of thought to those things, I am most excited to share what I have to share with you today. And for many of us, even though we know it, it always helps to hear it again. It helps to remind us, renew us, and refresh us. And that's what we're going to get out of today. Yesterday, if you recall, I um, repeated twice about how not to doubt in your heart. So we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34 and Luke chapter 6 verse uh, 45. It tells us that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now remember when it says, uh, where it says, and you shall not doubt in your heart. Well, when we speak our existence with our words, you know, um, if you believe that you're sick, then you can make yourself actually become sick. Or if you use your words to pity yourself or say, you you know, you're never going to be anybody, that you will always be poor, then your words are directing your life. You are exercising your faith of poverty and defeat. That's what you're believing in. Romans 10, 10 tells us that if we confess Jesus as our Lord, then we speak our salvation into our existence. It is a spiritual law and it works for the saved and the unsaved that what you believe and what you will say and what you will get is that. In Hebrews chapter 11, it tells us that faith without our actions is dead. Faith must be exercised by our actions and the actions of believing that God will do what he says he will do. You are the faith activator, you see. You're the one who must believe it, and you're the one who must activate it with your actions. Your your words and your actions must work together. If you speak negative words, then God cannot work. Because he's not a negative God. You're on your own there. Just spiraling down. Proverbs 6 verse 2 says, You are snared by the words of your mouth. Do not give life to negative words and practice this in every area of your life. And when speaking it to others and about yourself. Confession is possession, like we said before. So confess with your mouth that God is healing your marriage, that God is healing your situation, that, you know, um, he is speaking to your spouse. He's changing him or her. He's, He's taking care of the situation you're talking about. He is dealing with it. 
but your part is standing in faith and believing. I remember being hurt and discouraged by my husband's words and his actions, but instead of showing and telling him how it made me feel, instead of getting into a heated argument with him, I just went on my way. Like one night, I just went into the bathroom and I turned on the shower and I just decided to get in because I was just exhausted from everything. And I locked the door and I just yelled. I yelled, I cussed, I was mad, I was angry because God told me, just tell me. Tell me because I'm the only one who can do anything about it. So I just told it to God instead of my husband. There was no fight and God could still work. He cares about what I think. He cares about how I feel. You know, so tell him, even though he already knows. He knows I'm human. He knows that I have to talk to someone. So it might as well be him. So remember. Remember every time you feel angry in any situation, any time that you want to just fly off the handle or just lose it. Remember, 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 remember. God is the only one who can do anything, anyhow. The only one who can heal and the only one who can change people and situations. So when you need to get that off your chest, do it with God. The more you speak those positive words, the more those words become stronger and you will become more confident. The more you pray those prayers, those specific prayers for God's will in a matter, God has then already began to work on it. What motivates God is your faith, you see. Faith is believing that God is at work doing what he says and promises he will do. Even though you cannot see the work, even though it doesn't feel like that to you. When this law becomes a reality in your heart, you will be able to watch and you will be able to uh, be careful of what you say. In every single area of your life, you will truly possess what you confess. You want to do that. You want to possess what you confess. You don't want to say all these terrible things and and possess that. No, you don't. You want to be that cool person, you know, cool, collective, got it under control. Even if you really don't, you can give it to God. When you have God's will on a matter and you've prayed according to his will, the moment that prayer came out of your mouth, God started the spiritual wills turning to bring your prayers into physical manifestation. You know, God will, uh, he will do what he says he'll do. And out of the abundance of the confidence in him that you have in your heart, You will tell anyone who asks, I believe that God is healing my marriage or healing my situation. And the more you speak it, the more it will become a reality inside of you and you will not be able to entertain any other negative thoughts. 
And you just keep going that way. You keep going that way because the old enemy over here, he's throwing stuff at you. I promise. But you let it bounce off of you and you keep moving forward no matter what anyone says or does. When you have God's will on something and you're standing in belief of faith, when you have that, that confidence in God, you can't let anything stop you. You keep moving forward. If you're sick, keep telling yourself, I'm getting well. Keep your mind on a positive note. Do everything you can to make that day a good day. Whenever you're in pain, pray. Pray through it until the pain stops. Or have someone else pray over you for that. An important note here, the only thing that motivates God is faith. Faith is believing that uh, your prayer is answered before you see it, before your spouse ever acts like it. Crying and begging and pleading do not motivate God. I'm sure he feels for you, but it doesn't motivate him. Only faith turns God's power loose on your behalf because he said so. And God cannot break his own word. No matter how his heart hurts when his children are in trouble, he cannot break his own word. Remember Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, it says, While we look at We look not at the things which are seen, like, say, your spouse, your marriage, your situation. All of those things are seen. We can see those things. But at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, which are subject to change. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And those things are things such as God's work, God's power, God's spiritual laws. You can look at strong, tall buildings and you see them, but an earthquake can destroy them in just seconds. Whatever you can see, it's always subject to change. So if you're in a a troubled marriage and you're wanting it to be healed, If people try to tell you that your spouse will never change, remember this. He or she, they're subject to change. You just heard it all. They're subject to change. So don't let those words from other people drag you down or those negative thoughts that the enemy tries to allow to creep in and make you doubt. The only way that you that uh, you can put a damper on God's power is with your own mouth, by speaking the words of doubt and disbelief. Your daily life must be like this. I walk by faith in the word of God, not by sight. You will find that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. You must be utterly determined not to be moved by what your spouse says or does, including filing for a divorce, if it goes that far. You must not be swayed by all the weak, double-minded Christians, and even that Satan will most definitely send your way who haven't known how to get anything 
by faith, even if their life depended on it. And yet, there are some that simply do not know or are not there yet in their walk with God. In James uh, chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, it says, A double-minded man will receive nothing of the Lord. Stay away from people who try to get you to make an alternative plan. In case he or she doesn't come home, you need a plan B, they say. They may as well say, in case God is a liar and he's weak and can't make good on his word, you know, have a plan B. It is a given that if you confer with everyone you know, you'll get some of this kind of doubt and you'll have a number of chances to come off your confession. You don't want to do that. When I realized that I had to live my life by this type of faith, I not only spoke the words after being so angry in the beginning, I went back and I opened the drawer and I put my wedding ring back on. I went into my closet and I made room for his clothes to come back. I opened the drawers I had put my clothes into that his once were. And I put my clothes back in my drawers and I had empty space for his to come back to. I slept on my side of the bed instead of sleeping in the middle. I put my Bible on his pillow each night. I became strong enough to speak these positive words to my young children who began speaking them too. We prayed together for God to heal our family. So let me ask you this question. What do you think is the greatest faith robber? Think about it. You know what it is? It's sympathy. If you're going to continue to stand in the healing of your marriage or whatever your situation is, there is no place for your pity party. Understand that. I'm not saying that you can't um, break down every now and then and have your crying moments. I'm not saying you can't do that. But do not stay there for very long, okay? You may cry every day, but don't stay there every day. Don't let your day be ruined. Don't let that take you down. Get up, wipe your face off, and move on. Don't have a pity party. You can get back up and you can fight the good fight. You can. You can and you will. There, someone needed to say it. You have asked your father to answer your prayers concerning the healing of your marriage or your situation. You have cast your cares upon him, meditating in his word 24-7, delighting yourself in him. You must cast your cares and focus yourself on him, not the symptoms of a broken marriage that you carry. You know that Peter walked on water until he took his eyes off of Jesus and looked at the world's reality around him. And then he sank. Satan can only attack you in the five senses, the five physical senses. We can battle him with our spiritual weapons, which are mighty to defeat him. 
Do not allow his negative mind games get you off your faith confession of what only the Lord can do. You can cast down those negative thoughts and comments that say that the word of God is not true for you and that your situation than the present physical circumstances that everyone can see. You know what? Those circumstances, those circumstances are subject to change. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 6 says, And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. The verse talks about disobedience, that according to the flesh or negative imagination Satan will attempt to tempt you in, or to find you taking part in a disobedient act. Verse 7 says, you are judging by appearances. If anyone is confident that they belong to Christ, they should consider again that we belong to Christ just as much as they do. You have to realize that your mind is your biggest battleground, your very own mind. It's working against you. The moment that you begin praying for your partner, God has begun doing a work in their heart, even if you don't see it. But if you're going to be discouraged by how he or she acts or talks, you're in big trouble. The way they speak or act may not change in appearance to you for a while. But do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. I was willing to wait 10 years. I told the Lord, I will wait 10 years, Lord, if I have to. But the key is, when you are prepared to wait forever, it usually doesn't take very long at all. Take comfort in this fact. God will manifest your prayer as soon as he knows that you are able to handle it. He knows. He knows you better than anyone. Even though you think you may be ready, he knows best. So this is why you have to trust him and his timing. And we talked a little bit about that yesterday or the day before. This is the third podcast of this particular series. And we did talk about that particular thing and how that we must trust his timing. He he may not always be working on you. He may be working on them or he may be working on someone else that will come into play. He knows the story before it's even known to you, of course, you know, so trust his timing. But here's another important thing you need to consider. You can speed up or slow down the process of God's work by how faithful and quick you want to line yourself up with the healing of this marriage or situation. You can make it stumble. So this is why it's important to remain faithful. If things do not seem to be showing any progress, you can be sure it's not God's fault. So check yourself. You must keep in constant spiritual communication with our Father God. Don't let a day go by. Stay in. Stay in that conversation throughout the day. Do a faith check. Are you speaking with your flesh and your blood or with your faith, your spiritual side? Which side are you speaking with? 
Ironically, when you ask God to change things, be prepared that it may be you. The good news is, is that Satan won't waste time around you whenever you're prepared to wait until the day Jesus comes if necessary. With faith like that, why would Satan want to spend so much time on your situation? Don't you think that's some really good stuff? I believe it is. It made me so excited when I first discovered this when I was 23 years old. There is so much more to talk about, but we're going to stop right there. I'm trying to keep these podcasts down to around a 20-minute time frame so that it's just enough. It's a big enough chunk for you to bite off and just absorb and take in and even listen to again if you need to. This is a perfect opportunity for you to get to know Jesus better than you've ever known him before. So use this time for you and him. Read his word every opportunity you get. His love letter to you. Feed your spirit man. Not your doubting Thomas. Don't waste your time in doubt and negative influences. Surround yourself in positive things. You know, the Bible tells us that the word is the truth and the truth will set us free. Satan's word is null and void, and it produces nothing good. And that is not what we're all about. Mm-hmm.